0: Everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh, Pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DC 35 that's DC 35 EWS 3 5 DC Thirty-five. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans, all you comic book fans, fans of podcasts and comics, fans of listening to my voice while you go throughout your day. Whatever the reason is, you're here. Whatever the reason is... ...brought you, much like these planes flying in and out in the background, arriving, departing, carrying those who are here and those who are about to leave. Whatever category you were in, you're now at the beginning of episode number 111 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. My job, my pleasure, my responsibility, my, well, I'm sure I'll come up with more delightful names, my opportunity each week to share with you what I feel are the top five books from DC Comics and why I think they are so. This is episode number 111. I can't believe we just keep week after week (laughs) flying our way towards 150, 175, 200, don't ask me why I jumped 125. I don't have a good reason. What I do have is an amazing stack of books. In fact, far too many. I could have made two episodes out of this one week, but the weeks don't stop. And we gotta keep the selections coming your way. My little dog Bruno by my feet. Here we are looking at my first choice, one of six. Issue number one of Infinite Frontier. Man, is it me or is Jason Williamson just knocking it out of the park? Uh, I I love the fact that he went from writing for The Flash and turned around and has now created such a legacy in so many different parts of the DC universe. I mean, I think if you're doing it well, people are going to let you know and when you can be the one who's doing it so well. Well, man, why stop? Especially when you've got yourself such a great story, when you have an opportunity to bring it to life with some amazing characters, and also to hearken to all of those great moments that exist within DC Comics lore. And it all kicks off with the arrival of a Batman, who has appeared in many different stories now. A Batman who, from the earth he's from, is Thomas Wayne. So then, why is it that he's arrived? Why is it that Thomas Wayne is on Earth 23 and then is, of course, referred to later after there is an incident that is quickly handled by a cabal that was recently put together and revealed at the end of recent storylines? one that includes many interesting uh, (laughs) collaborations whether it's Mr. Terrific, Talia, Lex, Vandal, Hawkgirl, whether it's Alan Scott and together keeping things as much together as possible. They are involved in trying to keep the world from Ending up on the wrong side of reality as it almost did at the end of Dark Knight's death metal now One of the great things that I loved about this story was not only the absolutely gorgeous artwork I mean when you've got Williamson partnered with Romanico as well as uh, Maybe it's Ermanico. I could always be pronouncing that name wrong or Romulo Fajardo jr. You really have some great talent to play with and whether that's taking us to paris whether that is showing us gotham whether that is revealing the omniverse what is revealed so well so masterfully is the understanding that is growing among the populace who are aware now not only of the multiverse but of an event that some witnessed others are said to be part of a mass hysteria But those who saw something believe that what they saw is of the gravest dangers and that it reminds them of just how small and insignificant they feel while trying to understand what a a multiverse invasion looks like and almost became a reality. So it is that this is the world that Thomas Wayne is somewhat a part of, at least as far as this narrative is taking us, as he meets with the Justice Incarnate and wants to make contact with the Flash, who has somehow figured out that he can not only run, but run and vibrate. So thus moving between Earth 2, Earth 6, Earth 9, and so many others, he is eventually able to shift and move into Earth Omega, where... He discovers what looks like a crime scene the remains and remnants of some very powerful figures whether we're talking about the quintessence whether we are talking about the danger that he finds which is a wonderful flashback to crisis on infinite earths and someone who terrorized barry allen there and then we also have a roy harper who appears to be well not in the right time or at least for whatever reasons desired to be removed from the time he's in to somewhere else now all of these elements are setting up a challenge and a question which is to suggest that there is more than one way that uh <laughs> infinite frontier can be taking this story and that the story can develop and the final pages offer up just how many realms of possibility might exist within just these six issues that we'll get to enjoy. One of the great reasons why I think issue number one is a wonderful way for me to go ahead and kick things off on this, episode number 111, and with a great five out of five book like that, why not follow it up with another number one? For that one, I'm talking about Checkmate number one, and this one really caught my interest because... I've enjoyed recently reading some of the old collections of Checkmate, and it was Checkmate who was a factor in the recent um, Brian Michael Bendis Leviathan series. Take what you want about it. It did enter, inter. It did introduce. It did. Yeah, I'll go with introduce. It made it feel like there were things to consider about all of these spy organizations and. How, for the most part, they'd been in a very staid, sort of set uh, maneuvering or balance of power. And how with the arrival of Leviathan and the destruction of so many of those forces, that all seemed to change very quickly. However, there are still remnants left behind, some of which made their appearance briefly, very briefly, in Infinite Frontier, and also make their appearance here in Checkmate, Brian Michael Bendis, is writing this series and he's met with art and cover art by alex maleev with colors by david stewart letters by josh reed and matt taylor on the variant cover and inside we have this great story about those who are now part of a new checkmate not all of whom are known in fact there is a very mysterious king And there is a wonderful interrogation on the part of Lois Lane, who is part of this group and is one of the many who is seeking out just what it is that they can uncover that has transpired. Now there's Mark Shaw to worry about, but there's also Talia, there's also uh, Damien, who find themselves, well, (laughs) attempting to spy on Leviathan only to be discovered. ...and their fate left to question. Then there is also the fact that Lois Lane receives a message... ...suggesting to her that she is not fully aware of how far... ...the uh, influence and the activities of Leviathan actually stretch... ...and that for that reason, she should be aware of just who might be watching her... ...and what dangers might be awaiting her. I think it makes for a really compelling story. I think it's an interesting challenge to suggest for 20 for what we're looking at here now that that's not to say that you know infinite frontier doesn't have its own thing but both that and checkmate are six issue limited series mini series i believe they're still called when they're six and under and with this one i felt like there could have been more to the story granted i know infinite frontier is dealing with a much larger landscape but i didn't feel that checkmate was able to cover as much as it wanted to in just 24 pages other than that what it does pack in is a lot of layers of intrigue and mystery and i mean who doesn't love all that good stuff right i know i do and it's with that reason i'm happy to share with you this amazing pick and why it is i look forward to charging on through for my uh, next set but we gotta take that quick ad break, tell you all the great things that are going on, and then bring you on back here for my third, fourth, and fifth choices. And boom, just like that, just as quick as you can turn, we are back. Love the way that smooth, jazzy music sort of fades out, and then, hey, here we are. Hope you caught up. All the great things are available through those ads. Want to go ahead and let you know that should you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to us. We leave you a couple of ways to do so at the end of every episode of every show we're recording. Back here on the Spinner Rack, episode number 111, my third choice on the list is Teen Titans Academy, number four. Who is, who is Red X? And, and why is it that something that was an identity once of Dick Grayson's is, is now a conflicting uh, feeling that exists within the Titans Academy? And have you met before the Bat Pack? In this, the story, X marks the spot. If you haven't, this is your introduction. Now, when it comes to writing, Tim Sheridan has done a masterful job and his collaboration with Steve Liber is nothing short of brilliant. Colors by Dave Stewart bring all of the vibrance you can handle with letters by Rob Lay that are quite lovely. A Pride variant cover by Stephen Byrne, which, well, I just recommend. Take a look. You're probably going to want it. And then, of course, an original cover by Rafa Sandoval and Alejandro Sanchez. With a variant cover by Philip Tan and Elmer Santos, which is a nice little nod to some of the Titans' history, especially romantically. And then you've got the pack. You've got the uh, the group. Those who have, for whatever reason, chosen to... Uh, <laughs> Chosen to identify themselves as future bat people, whether it's Chubacabra, Megabat or Brat Girl. Take your pick. Mega Brat or Megabat cracks me up because I love that when we see him, he's drinking a gallon size chocolate milk. He has huge arms. While by comparison, um, Brat Girl kind of looks like a cross between Catwoman and a Batman figure and then Chupacabra looks very goth emo I don't know ghostly let's say so who are these figures behind the bat Pack? well or is it Brat? I can never remember maybe it'll be bat sometimes it might be Brett depends on how I feel They feel that everyone is hiding something, and there are so many possibilities behind who could be Red X. There's plenty who they have put in their clutches and played good cop and bad cop with. That doesn't mean it's been for a good reason. And then we get the introduction of some other fun characters, like Stitch, the snitch, who if nothing else, is a bit of comedic relief, as well as a quick reminder, of course, that you shouldn't smoke, kids. You just shouldn't. It's bad for you. It'll ruin things. Don't do it. So how does all of this lead them to one member of the team that they think might be responsible? And then what is the downfall of those events? Well, let's just say it's a little bit embarrassing, but this is not a backpack that is quickly deterred. In fact, they choose to continue pushing, seeking, asking, questioning, and along the way, some of the things they brush up against are a great opportunity for the reader to learn just a little bit more, whether it's about the challenges that are occurring with Billy Batson's powers or what it is that the Bat Pack is able to find when they accidentally stumble into one of their team moots. Well, not quite accidentally, but when they stumble into the possessions and room one of their, uh, well, classmates, teammates at the academy, and get access to some information that they weren't supposed to have. Not only is there conflict, but then there is later a resolution, and one that introduces the idea that none of them know what it's like to have been Batman on his earliest cases, and just like him, they are doing their best with what they know, and what they've learned to apply their combined knowledge to a case and to solving it. That leads them to (laughs) some interesting suggestions that are then confronted by, uh, well, Donna, as well as by Gar. And in the process, it's only a turn of a corner that then reveals to them just how wrong they really are. What does that mean? How could it be? Well, you're probably going to want to see this all for yourself. It's why Teen Titans Academy number four should be on your list, and it's why it made the third position on my list this week. Cruising things along, I'm happy to share with you my fourth pick, that one is Mr. Miracle number two. I got a huge kick out of this story because there was so much for me to, like, smile and enjoy. There was wonderful examples of beautiful color there's also the fact that through the exposition of the story we learn very quickly that this is a Shiloh who has no knowledge of Scott Free or Barda of Apocalypse and it's the story being told by Brandon Easton with art by Fico Osseo that is so wonderful the brilliant colors of Rico Renzi bring out some of the wonderful sort of hues and shades of the deep dark from purple to black. Letters by Rob Lay capture some wonderful emotion from the characters, as well as the non-emotion of those like Motherbox, as well as a beautiful cover by Yannick Paquette and variant cover by Fico Osio, pulling double duty here. Uh, there's some really fun stuff to enjoy about watching Shiloh Norman get into this conflict with someone who refers to themselves as Nuvir Free and as the only daughter of Scott and Barda Free. So how is it that she knows who he is and he doesn't know who she is? Well, for starters, there's always the possibility of a different earth. Now that gets Bruno a bit snorry sleepy, but that doesn't mean that it's any less understood. Also, is it important (laughs) to note That all this time, Shiloh is in the midst of a violent conflict, and only in the process of escaping does he have a moment to collect his thoughts and discover that part of his mask had been damaged in the fight, allowing part of his identity to be revealed. And at least for those cameras who can see him, it's now known that he is a person of color and that he is changing the conversation all around him, all while just trying to stay alive. Oh, and then he gets the contact (laughs) from that guy who helps make sure the rest of his life is running the way it's supposed to. And that contact is, where are you? And do you know that your identity has been partially revealed? In fact, what occurs next is a great montage of ideas about how people, and examples of how people responding. And also what it is that... Shiloh is trying to do, which is to uncover what it is that might be either the thing that is being looked for or the very thing that is being potentially used in this conflict. It's a great story. It's a wonderful idea. And I think for the most part, there's this possibility that Shiloh Norman be showing us just what a different kind of Mr. Miracle really looks like, what a different approach to the character can mean, how it is that some of the great challenges he'll be facing as well as the way he handles them are going to show us that this is different from someone who was raised on apocalypse and escaped and only did so with his love and the hope that things will work themselves out. This is someone who is following in the footsteps of Thaddeus. Who is Thaddeus? Well, we're going to learn more about Thaddeus as the issues continue, but it appears that for starters, there are things in Thaddeus' possession that Shiloh will need, and because of that, we will have an opportunity to hopefully go back and learn just a little bit more about this character and why it is there is so much of importance when it comes to his relationship with Shiloh Norman. And now here's one of those ones where I just had to flip a coin. It was Superman 32. It was Wonder Woman black and gold. The coin landed. I'm not going to argue with the coin. The coin has chosen Superman number 32. Um, I absolutely love this story. I love what I have been seeing with the character of Superman as he's been crafted and created and shared with the world through the brilliance and the wonder. That is Philip Kennedy Johnson. got guy continues to blow me away. This part three of The One Who Fell, gorgeous art by Scott... Sorry, pause. Godlewski. Uh, Gabe Eltrabe on the colors, Dave Sharp on the letters, John Timms on the cover, with a variant cover by Inyuk Lee, and a pride variant cover by David Talaxi, which is worthy of hanging on your wall and framing. Gorgeous stuff here, really beautiful... This idea of what it means to follow in the footsteps of someone who is violent, has used violence, and to become your own person in the process, how this reflects on Superman and his son John, how it is that John is able to use his relationship with his father to draw on his best qualities and overcome not only the danger that they are facing, but to do something his father cannot, how it is that... Sure, with Superman, you can always get those fiery red rays, but John has learned how to manipulate his heat vision to different stages and frequencies of light. And because of that, he's able to accomplish more than even his own father could possibly hope to do. With that, we have this wonderful story that showcases not only through its narrative, but also its beautiful devices from the panels, from the colors, from the gorgeous art, I mean, Most of it's taking place at night on a planet without any artificial light, and yet somehow the moments are perfectly, just gorgeously brought to life on the page. The surrounding dark feels like, like almost like a cosmic backdrop on which to set this story. And through this, we have an opportunity to see how it is that a story can look on one section from one angle, like something very clear, and then from another, completely different. And how it is that because of that, we see that the ideas of mercy and weakness and kindness and compassion are not the dangers that are suggested as a threat to the way of life for people that Superman and John are visiting, but instead how it is that through these stories we have an opportunity to hear, see, and enjoy so much about the character and qualities that are Jonathan Kent. I know that in so many of the issues that we're reading now about Superman, we are building to the events that were shown in Superman that featured him on another planet dealing with Mongol, you know, what it was like on Warworld, and how those like Mr. Miracle and even Midnighter were there in their own capacities. But also, how it is that Jonathan will soon assume the responsibility of his father's legacy, become the Superman of Metropolis, and because of that, how we will have a chance to see just who it is he's able to become and what more will, I think, be developed beyond what we saw in Future State. This story suggests all the best possibilities offers all the great reasons why Superman is such a wonderful character to continue enjoying, and why it is that the legacy is in great hands with his son, John. I'm looking forward to seeing more, sharing it with you here on upcoming episodes of DC Comics' new Spinner of Wreck. And it's now my pleasure to say that that is my fifth and final choice for this week. This was all the books that were available on June 22nd and that week thereof. If you have any other choices you think I should have picked, I'm okay with that. There were plenty. I mean, Wonder Woman Black and Gold is just one of the ones that I left off that I wished I could have shared more about. There will be others. Hopefully, they make it back on the next time around that they're on the spinner rack. In the meantime... Make sure you never miss a new episode by subscribing to whatever platform you're on now. We're on all the big ones from Google to Spotify to Stitcher to more. Whatever you're listening on, subscribe there. Never miss an episode. Get the great content. Original stuff like this. I Am The Night. An episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman The Animated Series. Mad Love. A somewhat more adult and certainly not for younger ears. Episode by episode breakdown of the Harley Quinn series, originally on DC Universe, now on HBO Max. Other great things like our weekly DCN podcast covering all the best in movies, television, streaming, comics, and more. All the news, all the stories that go with it. And then, of course, if you have a question for us, anything about anything we're doing, send it our way on your favorite social media platform, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, or more. All you need is the at symbol, DC Comics News. It's capital D, capital C, capital C, -C O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. Send us that message. Let us all know what you're thinking as far as me. Just come find me here. I'm usually hosting the Spinner Rack. You can find me writing stuff for DC Comics News or participating in the weekly podcast. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts, questions, and more. And as we always like to say here at the end of every podcast episode, Read more comics.